Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and my usual co-host Morgan Glennon is unfortunately able to join me uh, this week because unfortunately she is dealing with a power outage at the moment, and we certainly hope that that gets resolved quickly because I know that's a huge pain. So uh, Morgan, I hope that uh, gets better for you because I know that is a huge nuisance. But uh, for as for who is able to join me for this episode of Supergirl Radio is my guest today, Luke Bug, who you might know as the Geek of Steel. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Luke. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be on. We've been planning this for a while and now the time has come. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited because we met at Superman Celebration last year. Unfortunately, there was no 2020 version of Superman Celebration this year, but uh, we uh, ran into each other last year. I, I, I remember uh, good things about being at the auction at the Massac Theater, you know, the, the auction for the Massac Theater, I should say. Uh, we were both bidding on a lot of uh, geeky things there. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, spend a little bit of time with me and talk about some really uh, uh, nerdy, geeky, uh, Superman family things. No, it's my pleasure. I mean, this is what I'm all about. It's sharing positivity and passions in a, in a fun and friendly atmosphere. And this is going to be yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, before we get to talking with Luke about Superman and Supergirl, uh, we have some news. So uh, let's get to it. The news. Well, during this year's uh, virtual this year, uh, Wizard World panel uh, of Supergirl actors, McCod Brooks, Jesse Rath, Sam Witwer, Helen Slater, and Erica Durance, some quick and important pieces of information were mentioned. So, Luke, we'll, we'll just talk about these really quickly. Uh, so, uh, a couple of things that were mentioned. Uh, Jesse Rath says that the, cat, the cast has a working date for shooting for season six around September 28th. He wasn't sure of the exact day, but it definitely sounded like they're going to get back to shooting uh, season six in September, which is sooner than I expected. I was not expecting them to get back into the swing of things for season six until maybe the first of 2020, so uh, 2021. So this is uh, unexpected for me. So uh, I guess uh, the CW shows are are really getting back into action around September, October. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's difficult times for real life and, you know, TV shows. Everyone's doing things differently now. So it's going to be interesting how they tackle that social distancing and filming in different locations. But I'm sure, as we all have done, they will adapt and overcome. 
Yeah, the, uh, it sounded like they weren't exactly sure how things were going to go. Uh, they might have makeup people assigned to certain actors and, you know, ha- have some of those uh, plans in place. So they weren't exactly sure how uh, the COVID-19 restrictions were going to play into shooting. But it sounds like they've got a plan, at least, mm-hmm. to figuring that out. And uh uh, new Rachel, you're right. Nicole Maines was on that panel. I had a brain freeze. I was going on my memory, which is something I should never do. Uh, so Nicole Maines was on that panel. You are absolutely correct. Uh, so thank you for uh, the reminder about that. Uh, so uh, I'm 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 impressed that the show seems to be getting back into the swing of things. So we'll we'll have to uh, keep our eyes on that. In addition to that news about season six, Helen Slater said she was scheduled to come back for a few episodes. So it looks like we might be getting some Eliza Danvers in season six. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Luke, I know you uh, had an interaction with Helen Slater. You got to interview Helen and Erica mm-hmm. for Superman Celebration. So yes. uh, are you excited that we might get to see Helen Slater more on Supergirl? Um, I, I love Ellen Slater. She is just, we'll talk about sort of how I met her in Metropolis later on, but she is a, just a very, very charming character in real life and on screen. So I'm very glad that she may re- be returning to Supergirl. Yeah, I, I I would love to see them explore more of the Danvers family uh, dynamics. Um, and uh, just a, a note about myself with uh, Superman Celebration. Uh, there was a moment when uh, Helen Slater and Erica Durant, they were doing like a photo op in front of the big Superman statue. It was raining a little bit and uh, Helen Slater had this umbrella Uh, that she was holding above her. And there was a moment that I'm still kicking myself to this day that I did not take a picture of because she looks so beautiful there in the rain with the umbrella. Uh, So that is uh, one of, if anybody, you know, if I get to the end of my life and they say, Rebecca, do you have any regrets? I'm going to be like, I didn't take that picture of Helen Slater when she <laughs> she was in the rain. Uh, so I'm very uh, happy that she is coming back for season six. Uh, just uh, some more season six news. It sounds like uh, Jesse Rath mentioned something about the writers working on a Legion of Superheroes storyline. Uh, so we might get some more Legion action in season six. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Legion of Superheroes on uh, the Supergirl TV series? I mean, anything where original comics and comics that people have fallen in love with over the years we get to see sort of an adaptation of that whether it be the heroes in crisis you know we saw little glimmers of the death of superman storylines in that heroes and it it still gives me tingles to know that you know this original concept back in the day is still being homaged like 20 30 years later so anytime comics are in television or on the movies you know it's it makes me happy because comics for me is where it all started. And I'm glad that it's still being honored on the big screen and the small screen as well. Yeah. The Legion of Superheroes, uh, Superman, or, well, and Superboy, I guess, more specifically, and Supergirl have had a lot of history with the Legion. So I'm, I'm glad that they're being incorporated into the show. Uh, and uh, I guess that's going to do it for our news from that panel. So I uh, just wanted to get that in really quickly since that did happen uh, just here recently, um, uh, Joshua mentions uh, Matter Eater Lad. Uh, yeah, that I, I would love to see some more uh, uh, Legion mm-hmm. members that we didn't get to meet uh, earlier. We we met Saturn Girl and uh, Monel. Of course, we knew Monel uh, from the previous season, uh, and this the Legion also introduced us to Brainiac Five. Uh, but I would love to see uh, some new Legionnaires uh, show up. So Matter Eater Lad, I will I will take it if he uh, does. Uh, come back. Uh, oh, uh, Ollie uh, one zero three zero five says maybe Cargo's of the future. Ooh, mm, that could be fun. I'm, 
I would be into that. That would yes. be very uh, cool. Um, oh, and I also just uh, before we get into uh, talking about uh, uh, Luke's love of Superman and Supergirl, I uh, just wanted to mention some people here. Um, uh, we've got some people watching from Australia. Uh, I think that's Troy. Hello, Troy. He's a good boy. <laughs> Love the username. May the rock be with you. Love it. Uh, we've got some uh, people watching in from Florida. So uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think that's it in terms of where people are watching from. But yeah, if you want to um, uh, mention where you're watching from, that'd be great. Um, okay. So Luke, let's get into talking about uh, Superman and uh, Supergirl as well. Uh, so I'm very curious because uh, I, I met you at Superman Celebration, but we did not get to talking about uh, why you first became interested in Superman. So I, I wanted to know your your Superman origin story. Well, many, many years ago, uh, not that many really, but uh, for me, it started with the television show Smallville. I uh, woke up one day, put the TV on, and the pilot was on UK TV. And um, I started recognizing characters and the locations. And I was like, okay, this is the early days of Superman. I could get into this. I mean, Superman, you know, he's like Coca-Cola. You know who Superman is. So I knew some of the mythos of the character. And I soon became hooked on this TV show. I wanted to know everything about the characters. I wanted to know the possible storylines in the future. And so from that show... I started reading comics and then friends and family sort of, it was an easy Christmas or birthday gift was to go out and buy me something with Superman on it. So then the collecting came and from the collecting, I started sharing my love of Superman online and that slowly evolved into me creating this blog, the geek of steel blog on Instagram. So that's where it all started. But from then the website came about then the Twitter, then the YouTube, and it's just been a really fun process. It's a hobby for me. It's always been a way for me to share my passions online with like-minded people all over the world who either they could like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Transformers. It's just everyone coming together. And what I like about my social media is that I'm in control of it. If there's a negative input, I can either try and diffuse the situation or just take those people out of the equation completely. For me, it's my persona online as in real life is I want it to be as positive, friendly and welcoming as possible. And that's one of my things that I always try and maintain across all my social media channels. Yeah, I think that's really admirable because uh, you probably know, uh, just like we've experienced, sometimes there is negativity online. There's uh, people who uh, want to just hate on things all the time. And so I think it's um, it's all, it's it's harder sometimes to be positive, more positive, because I think it's easier to, to hate something. Um, but I think it's uh, much more rewarding to share what you love and, and 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 speak about what you love. And I didn't realize your your Geek of Steel started with Instagram. Uh, that's it did. that's yeah, very cool. Many, well, when it first started off, I was quite naive with social media. I just thought Instagram was a way for you to take photographs and share them with people if you wanted to. But I actually used it to sort of keep a, a documentation of my collection so I didn't get the same thing twice. And then I started using hashtags and then people started following me and I was following like-minded people. And then it sort of snowballed from there. And uh, my old username became the Geek of Steel. And then um, it's sort of blown up from there, really. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so uh, you you went into the blogging uh, uh, part of that. So so uh, what what's been your experience uh, uh, blogging? Do you uh, do you like to write? What kind of things do you write about? I mean, I always Instagram is always and still is my sort of number one platform. I, I really like that they've added live stuff, they've added videos, they've added sort of Instagram questions. But there was a point when when I start talking about Superman, I sometimes don't stop. <laughs> and you can only write so many letters on an Instagram post. So at the beginning of I think it was 2018, I sat down, sort of New Year's resolution time, and I was like, right. If I'm going to make a go of this, I'm going to start a blog. I went out and I got a laptop. I got a website. I got an email. I got very amateur-like business cards that have evolved many times over the years. And I, I went to work. I started the hustle. I was um, reviewing. I was writing about Superman. I was making videos about Superman. And it gave me just masses of enjoyment to sort of tap into this creative side that I didn't really play about with before. Over the years, I've, I've sort of I've made videos with friends. I worked on a radio station for a while. And so all those elements came together with this passion that I love for Superman. And it all sort of just formed in a big ball of uh, positivity and motivation. And the, the Geek of Still website was born and I started emailing companies to maybe review products or talk about their items online and it's been just a learning process that i'm still learning about and i am um, i want to continue doing it for as long as people will let me i didn't know uh that you uh had a background in radio which uh, makes a lot of sense, though, because you're a natural podcaster. I uh, highly recommend if anybody is watching and has not checked out Luke's, Luke's um, uh, the podcast of Seal uh, podcast. You should definitely do that. Uh, but you you seem like a natural uh, podcaster. So how did you get from blogging? Because it, it seems like you went from the website into podcasting. So how did that transition occur? Again, it was a new year and I wanted <laughs> another challenge. I, love, I feel like telling myself challenges, sometimes too many at once. But it got to a point where when I I, I, I like to write, I, I wrote a few articles today. I've been speaking to people. I've always enjoyed writing letters to people. But there's something about talking with people online or talking to yourself because that is how the podcast of Steel started. Um, one, I found it a little bit easier than typing and with speaking into a, camera, a microphone or a camera, I don't have to worry about spelling mistakes because I'm a lot like Lois Lane in that way is that sometimes I will make quite bad spelling mistakes. And I just found it at first really relaxing to sit down and talk with a guest or talk about a topic or a project that's passionate for me and gives me enjoyment. And it started sort of a, a, a weekly podcast going out and then I wanted to get guests on. So I started interviewing a, a few friends at first and who were, who were happy enough to come on and, and ramble about Superman and collections with me. And then I, I wanted to, to reach out to, to guests, people that have worked in the comic industry, people that admire Superman, just like I do, and people that have worked on Superman comics and Superman television shows as well. It's to me, it's a way of not only talking to the people that have had a huge impact in my life, but thanking them for giving me the entertainment as well. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's really uh, I 
I think as as fans, we we want to do that. Sometimes we don't have those opportunities to do that. So I'm glad that you take the time that you have those opportunities to say thank you to those people who have given uh, so much enjoyment to us. Uh, so on behalf of fans like myself, thank you for doing that. And I also want to uh, say that not only is it fun to listen to your your interviews with famous people, uh, you also had an episode where you uh, sort of interviewed your nieces, and I thought that was adorable and and a lot of fun. Interview I. <laughs> ever done the harshest <laughs> critics they were the most demanding they both had different riders they were but i wouldn't i would love them to come on every week because <laughs> they just give me so much life and stress <laughs> yeah the, the nieces of steel that was a good episode so uh i i think that those those episodes are even uh, maybe just as important as uh, some of the the famous folks uh but those are really great episodes uh do you have a I, I I probably shouldn't ask you if you have a favorite episode of your podcast because that's probably a tough question. Um, it is tough. I mean, I've always wanted to, you know, bat for the fences, as they say, and try and get on as many guests as one could possibly get. I would love to say in the future that, you know, I'd have Henry Cavill or Brandon on the podcast to talk about Superman. But for me, any guest that finds the time in their personal time to come on and speak with me about their passions, about what brings them happiness. Um, that's my most favorite guest. It's that person I'm speaking to right there and then. But I will say that I did get to speak with Susan Eisenberg, the voice of Wonder Woman. And for me, one of the, the biggest comics that really got me into Superman as a fan was that when I was getting into Smallville, I asked a few friends, I was like, look, what comics can I read to know more about this character? What are some of the big hard-hitting stories? And um, what came back was people said, read The Death of Superman. Read, you know, The Return of Superman and The Reign of the Superman. So I did. And it's a book that I have read countless times over the years. And a few months ago, um, I was able to interview Dan Jurgens on the podcast of Still, and that one kept me awake a few nights before recording because I was just, I wasn't nervous as such. I was just very grateful, and I wanted it to go as perfectly as possible. Now, Dan was one of the first people that I interviewed on my website, thegeekofsteel.com, and it was all done via email, and we had a fantastic chat, but obviously with email, it's, it's quite, you know, it's it, you're quite limited. You can't really get a feel for the answer or the question. So as soon as that original interview finished, I had about 100 more questions in my head that I wanted to ask Mr. Jurgens. And so it, it took a lot of planning, a lot of emails. And finally, he did agree to come on. And we just had an absolutely exquisite conversation um, about his life and what Superman means to him. We talked about the death of Superman. We talked about Henry Cavill in the black suit that, you know, he helped create all that, you know, back in the early nineties. And yeah, I can't have favorites, but for me, it was a personal highlight in my blogging career to be able to speak down and sit down and speak with such an iconic comics creator. Yeah, the death of Superman is such a, an important storyline. Uh, the death and return, I should say, of uh, Superman. Uh, I, I would echo you that, uh, that that's one of my favorite Superman stories. Uh, it was one of the the first comics that made me really fall in love with the uh, comic medium. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, let me yeah, uh, let me I take mean, myself out so everybody. I'm going to take it out of the bag. This is what like one of five that I've got. I think, but yeah, it's a uh, one of the. Uh, Many, many comics that were released uh, back in the early 90s uh, with many variant covers, but 
it was a hard-hitting story, to say the least, but I thought I've got to dig that one out of the comic box to uh, show off some Supergirl love for your show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's the uh, the Matrix Supergirl, the, uh, the, the uh, I believe, the post-crisis uh, Supergirl. So uh, if you're looking into uh, a little bit different version of Supergirl from the TV show, that would be a good one to start with. The, very different. Yeah. Big hair, though. I am a fan of big hair when it comes to Supergirl, so that was a good one. Big hair. Uh, I, I believe she also at that time had Lana Ling's memories. Is that correct? Yeah, which is a little bit awkward going back. No, it's, but- <laughs> a, it's a little different. Uh, she also has a relationship with uh, Lex Luthor uh, there. Yeah. So that's also a very interesting if you're into uh, variations on a Supergirl. Uh, so, uh, that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to talk to J- Dan Jurgens and, uh, to ask him about that storyline. Cause I think a lot of people really, really do love that story. Um, do you have, speaking of, of, of such things, do you have any other favorite stories, uh, not just in comics? Like, do you have any other comic stories that you're are, are, are a big fan of or, or any stories from movies or TV shows? Uh, do you have any other favorite Superman stories? I've got lots of passions and reading, <laughs> reading it wasn't always top of my list in school I I wasn't the best at reading I did find it difficult to sit down and stay focused on one particular book and then one day in the school library um I grabbed a book off the shelf and it was a graphic novel of the hobbit and this was way before you know superman or all the geek of steel or anything such as that And I just got lost in this world where words could help bring pictures to life and I could read a story at my own pace and, you know, create the voices in my head. And from reading graphic novels and reading comics, it got me into reading books. And The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are all fantastic books that I love to read over and over again. Um, I'm a geek at heart, so books like Ready Player One just scream out to me. and. I'm getting more now into reading the autobiographies. I've recently started reading again uh, Christopher Reeve's autobiography, Michael J. Fox's autobiography. But anything where I can step away from social media every now and again and escape into a book or a comic, it's normally a comic. But anything where you can just take a moment and just find some time with a book or a comic, it's one of those moments that you know we we need to appreciate more i feel yeah every now and then you you need something to unwind and and, and escape reality so it's it's nice to have some of those stories to do that um one of the things i was curious about uh on your website you have a a, a section called adventures and I so do. speaking of escapes uh i'm very curious about some of your in- adventures so uh could you uh tell uh, tell our listeners and viewers about maybe one or two of your adventures that uh that you've had I would be honoured to. Um, I don't know where the term adventures came from, but for me, it's what they are. I will get up very early in the morning, get a train somewhere across the country or sometimes a plane to Metropolis. But it's something that has come, again, with work on the blog and the website and, and creating relationships with companies who appreciate my input and I'm willing to work with them to promote a product or a project that I've got faith in. But I've been fortunate enough to go to multimedia screenings. I've been to some world premieres. I, I went to interview Zachary Levi 
uh, for the Shazam movie, which was just an absolutely amazing moment, one that I still have to pinch myself for. And yeah, I, I'm I don't take anything that happens to me like that for granted because I know it's something that doesn't happen every day. So when I'm not blogging or writing emails or creating videos, I spend a lot of my time writing thank you cards because I'm so grateful for everyone, whether they be in PR or marketing or they want to ask me to help promote a TV show or a movie and for them to reach out and, and trust not only my platform, but my opinion. I, I'm, I'm very grateful to those people. So yeah, adventures aren't happening as much right now, obviously due to the current climate, but I have had so many fantastic memories that have helped me create wonderful opportunities for me now and in the future. And as long as I said before, people are happy for me to keep on going down this crazy path that sort of fell into my lap, I'm going to keep on trying to entertain people in the most positive and fun way I possibly can. But the adventures will continue again in the future. I'm very much forward to going to Comic-Cons again and, and traveling around the world when I'm able to. But the adventures came and sort of just brought a whole new world of blogging and this geek aspect into my life that I, I knew nothing about. Sort of a few years ago when I started that Geek of Steel website, I got an email from sort of DC Comics, who I consider to be Superman's boss. And they asked me to help promote the release of Action Comics 1000. And they sent me some gifts to sort of uh, open on camera live. And it was a very crazy time in my life to think that these people who I have adored for so many years, I've read their comics, I've bought as much merchandise as I possibly can, wanted me to help promote my hero on their website. So it's one of those moments where I will always be very grateful to help out DC Comics or Warner Brothers. Yeah, uh, that's really cool that you got to meet Zachary Levi. I, I met him at DragonCon a few years ago, and I was surprised at how tall he was. He was yeah. ginormous. I keep having these situations where I, I get to meet these wonderful people from TV and film, and they're so much taller than me. And I, I promise I'm not this sort of small in real life. It's just I get to, I, I stood next to Brandon, say, at the Superman celebration in 2018, and he truly is sort of that Superman or Clark Kent stature. He is a uh, he is an absolute tree. And Zachary, yeah, he was the same. Charming though, absolutely wonderful guy, and he really. We spoke for five minutes, but the answers that he gave about being positive both online and in real life was just so inspiring. And it's five minutes that I will remember forever. Yeah, that was my experience as well. He was a really nice guy. So I'm glad you got you had a great and uh, positive experience with Zachary Levi. I, I think he's he's a he's a good dude. Well, I, I hope you continue having those adventures. And I know one of those adventures that you had was Superman Celebration that we, uh, we've we both been to. And so I was uh, curious, what, what was your first Superman Celebration like? Uh, so you come from England to this little town in, uh, in Illinois. So what was your first experience uh, coming to uh, the Superman Celebration? I am a planner. I love to plan. I've got, seriously... In reach of me, there's always at least one or two books for me to write down plans in or thoughts because I've got a terrible memory. <laughs> 
So I, it was 2018. So this was the year that I wanted to push myself forward as much as possible, leap out of those comfort zones and try as many new things as I could. And the Superman celebration had been an event that I'd known about for many years. You know, it's, it's a town called Metropolis. What is not to love about that? And it was a long way. And it was, you know, I didn't know anybody in Metropolis. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what to do. So it was about February when I decided that I wanted to go. Book the plane tickets, book the hotel, book the tickets for the event. And then because I like to reach out to people, sometimes I get replies, sometimes I don't. I sent emails and Facebook messages to a lot of people that live in the area and work for the celebration and work for this town that comes alive every year for the Superman celebration. And I met friends for life at that event because they were all just so welcoming, so helpful, picking me up at the airport to take me to my hotel, being invited to my first American cookout, which was just incredible. And it was just fantastic memories of that place and the wonderful people that I met there. And it's in the middle of nowhere, as you said, but that weekend every year when it does go on, it fills with just Superman fans from all over the world who want to get together to celebrate this iconic hero that has brought so many people happiness over the years. And so glad I went. And again, went back in 2019 and had a fantastic time again. It's just a very, very special place. And it will always um, bring me fond memories. Obviously, I can't go back every year. It's an expensive trip. But the memories that I have made there and, and might make in the future will always be um, yeah, very well remembered. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had those experiences. And that's really nice. They, get, they came to pick you up at the airport. That's, that's yes, so hospitable. It, 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 he was, he was here in the chat earlier on. Um, oh. It's a guy called Chad, and he was just – we still speak through the magic of the internet. We can still sort of touch base and see how everyone's getting on. But, yeah, met some wonderful people there, and it's where I met my girlfriend. So it's a long-distance relationship that we've got. She was in the chat earlier on, but I think she's she's been up the top somewhere waving from me. She's in Michigan. <laughs> so, oh, great. Long way away, bit of a long-distance relationship, to say the least. But – it's just one of those extra things that has come from blogging. It's I, I'd like to find the positive in any situation, whether it be a dark moment in one's life or a stressful day at work. If you can pick one thing out of that that gives you a bit of hope or a bit of light, then I will grab onto that one little aspect. But when something such as Superman brings me so much happiness and gives me so much joy for life, then I'm going to grab onto that and just keep on pushing forward with doing what I'm doing. That's really great advice because sometimes you need that uh, to to get you through the day is that that one little glimmer of of positivity yes. to hang on to. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, Superman celebration was definitely a a big plus for you in your life, so and uh, uh, I'm glad that. Um, it, it sounds uh, you, you. It sounds like your experience is sort of like mine with podcasting. Is that these things sort of open up your your world a little bit? That you get to meet people from other places and get to have uh, you know new friendships and new experiences uh, through those things. So I'm glad to to hear that that has 
uh, helped you experience the world and meet new people uh, to to find love. That's great. Um, so that's that's awesome. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that one day soon we'll uh, both be able to go back to uh, Superman Celebration and be in Metropolis. Which to me, I don't know if you feel like this, but in some ways it's almost like Smallville. It's called Metropolis, but it's a little bit of a Smallville. I love. Smallville, as as you know, and it's a program that I could watch continuously for days. It doesn't matter what season or what episode. I I love small town America. I love mum and pop shops. Um, I went to Arkansas many years ago for a work trip, and um, almost didn't come home <laughs> because I just fell in love with the people, the food, which was just absolutely to die for. And yeah, I saw elements of Metropolis, and I was like. There's a little coffee shop over there that looks like Smallville. There's um, sort of quite an old cinema that looks like the Talon. I was like, if I had the money, I would bring this cinema back to life. Sadly, I don't have that kind of money, but it is why I'm an avid supporter of the uh, Save the Massac Foundation, and which is it's why I'm whenever that charity auction happened at the Metropolis celebration. Um, yeah, I threw down quite a bit of money at those events just because I wanted to help out, but also get my hands on some merchandise that I would never be able to get back in the UK. I think I paid about $20 last year for a out-of-date box of Superman macaroni. It's just one of those things that somehow made it in my suitcase home. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great thing to do. I, I have a love for old movie theaters as well. And uh, I, I think you're right. It does sort of look, now that I think about it, it kind of reminds me of the talent on Smallville. So See, there's I, room there for a little coffee bar. Yeah. I, mean, I said, look, if, if you need someone to come and wear one of those little cinema hats and give people their tickets, I will do that job for you. I want to, I want, I want to see that cinema the way it looked back in the day because I, I, I researched the history of it and it does look like a, just a magnificent building and the people not only in metropolis but all over america have got a lot of love for that building and i would love to see it back in its former glory one day yeah, if you ever go to Metropolis, uh, the Massac Theater is near the Superman Square, so it's right there uh, where the big Superman statue is. And uh, I recommend that if you get a chance, uh, go look inside the window of the Massac Theater because you can you can see in there what it would have looked like in its heyday. Um, it just it looks like a beautiful old place, and so I hope one day soon we we get to go see a Superman movie in that uh, in that Massac Theater. That would be really awesome. Exactly. Uh, the day after. The first auction I was at in 2018, we got up very early because we were invited to go into the building. We got to sort of have a tour of the inside and there were hundreds of chairs in there. And the people that look after that event and the, and the foundation had so much passion. The words that they were explaining to us about what this place could look like, you could actually see it in front of your eyes how this place could look one day. They were going to have a coffee shop upstairs, a little sort of a, a snack bar down where you can get your sort of all, all your popcorn and your candy. And sort of the main event where they, yes, they did intend to um, play Superman movies at one point. And I just thought, I can see this happening. And it, it made me love not only the city of Metropolis, but the people that call it home as well. There's a, a fantastic community spirit in that small town. It's something that I don't really see in England as much. So uh, to be able to meet these people and become friends through the internet whilst I planned my first trip, it was great to, um, to be a part of that community for a, a few days of each year. Yeah, I highly recommend and anybody go to Metropolis and just if, if anything, just go and, and drive by there, uh, but also go to the ice cream store. 
uh, the the sweet shop that's uh, down for the yeah. Superman statue. Uh, now, yes, yeah, best ice cream sweet shop. Yes, is one of the I love my coffee. So does my girlfriend. So every day, pretty much, it was very <laughs> hot. It's the hottest place I've ever been to. So we got very good at walking at speed, not only into the shade, but the shops that had wonderful air conditioning. And uh, Sissy's was normally our first stop on each day. I think we tried every flavor of their wonderful lemonade and their cookies and their cakes. But if you do go to Sissy's Sweet Shop, ask them to look at the Funko Pop on the uh, the bar behind the fridges because on my last day in 2019 because they were they worked so hard that weekend for the superman celebration i, I gave them a goodie bag of some uh, geek of steel merchandise but there's also a, a superman funko pop with a geek of steel sticker on their shelf so that way superman is always there but i am always in that coffee shop as well that's really cool that's really cool next time i go i'll be looking for that um, also, speaking of Superman celebration, uh, we mentioned before that you interviewed uh, Helen Slater and Erica Durant. So uh, I, I know some of our, our Supergirl radio listeners will be interested in in that experience because, of course, Helen Slater was Supergirl and Supergirl the movie, but she's also been on the Supergirl TV series as Eliza Danvers. And Erica Durant not only was Lois Lane on Smallville, uh, but she's been Allura, uh, Supergirl's a Kryptonian mother, Kara's Kryptonian mother on the Supergirl TV series. So there's a lot of Supergirl connections there so uh what was that experience like Ooh, where do i begin um sometimes the geek of steel is more confident than luke bug i've got that persona now the geek of steel and luke bug it's a lot like clark kent and superman but i've grown better at saying yes to proposals that i might have not said yes to in the past so I, I did get to become good friends with some of the organizers of the Superman event. And it was great that they had faith in me. And about two weeks before I was due to leave for the 2019 Superman celebration, I was asked to host the panel with Erica and Helen. And the Geek of Steel said yes before Luke Bug could even think about it. <laughs> and um, I, was, I was nervous, not in the sense that I... I got to speak with these two icons from Superman's history, but because I didn't want to let the people of Metropolis down that I have grown this wonderful affection for. And I had friends in the audience. Uh, I had my good buddy, Mike, and my girlfriend was sat next to Mike. And it was all lots of weeks of stress and anxiety. But the day of the event, I was prepared. I wanted to do my best for not only everyone that went to see Erica and Helen, but for the people of that town that I've grown so fond of. And it went well from the moment I woke up. I didn't get much sleep that night, but when the day of the event happened, um, I went down and had a light breakfast in the wonderful hotel restaurant. And then my girlfriend went quite quiet. I was like, are you okay? And she went, Helen Slater's just walked into the restaurant. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I turned around and got a glance of her. And this was my first time me meeting her ever. And I didn't want to interrupt her. She was having her breakfast. She was about to have a very long day of signing autographs and taking pictures. But I could hear her. And it was a bit, you know, not in a weird way, but I could hear how she talked to the restaurant's uh, workers and the waitresses and the waiters. And she spoke with such charm and had so much manners and class that it put me at ease. And so that made me ready to speak with Helen on the stage. But Erica was a different story because Erica 
in Smallville. She's my lowest lane. She's the lowest lane that I grew up with. And I had a crush on her for many years. So to finally meet her on that day at the autograph, sort of the meet and greet first of all, and we had a little chat about that I would be on the stage later on. She and Helen both said, you're going to do fine. It's going to be a great chat. You're going to do very well. And after that, it did go very well. And I'm, I'm very grateful that they were willing to answer my questions that I'd planned for them. It was a surreal moment and a, a big moment in my blogging career to be able to stand on a stage in front of all these Superman fans, but to speak with people that are a part of Superman's tapestry. They are part of the Superman legends. They are two wonderful human beings that have got a lot of love for the character. Uh, I've watched your video documentary that you made over that weekend. And at the end of it, Erica gives that fantastic speech that everyone that is in this chat now needs to go and listen to. I will share a link to that documentary after this chat, but she's got a lot of love for Superman. She's got a lot of love for the fans of Supergirl and she's just wonderful and put those two women together and they helped create a, a wonderful memory in my little blogging world. Yeah, that uh, quote that she had uh, during that panel, it was one of those things as an editor, it was like, I think I know how I'm going to end this. I think that's a good way to go out. Uh, but I, I would echo those people who told you you did well. You did a great job moderating. Because uh, I think the secret, uh, Luke, to moderating a panel like that is to uh, get some questions that you want to get asked but then uh, leave it for the the people who are watching it. And I, because I, th- I don't know about you, but when I'm at a panel like that, I'm really frustrated when the moderators only give like three minutes for people in the crowd. So it's, you did a great the, job to balance that. They're the people that are coming to see these people. And I mean, yes, I think I had about four or five questions each that took a lot of time editing those questions down. I mean, I could interview Erica and Helen for days, if I was ever given that possibility to, because they had some fantastic answers for the questions that I did get to ask them. But it's the fans in the audience that I wanted to get their voices out there. And I'm so glad that I was sort of every now and again, the organizer would give me a tap on the leg on the stage and say, you've got this much time left or that much time. And when we got to about halfway through, something happened somewhere else where an event had got postponed. So they said, oh, you've got more time now. And I was like, I've got no more questions left, but this is great because the people in the audience now, we can get more questions asked. And children were asking questions. There were quite a few emotional people standing up and, and talking about how Supergirl and Smallville have affected their lives. And I love seeing people interact with the people that they have so much respect for, whether it be comic creators or actors or musicians. So to be a part, be a small part of that moment to, to be on stage with these two wonderful women and get to see them interact with fans from across the world was uh, again, one of those moments that I will cherish whenever I have sort of a, a special moment in my, in my little career whether it be invited to a premiere or getting to interview someone that I would never thought I'd be able to interview. I've got a journal. I've got two journals now because one of them has been filled up, but I, I love to write those memories down because whenever I'm having a bad day or I need to look for some hope in the darkness, I'll, I'll go back to that book and read up on some of my wonderful memories. And the, that day of, you know, accomplishing 
that panel, my very first time hosting a panel. It, it went well, and to sort of finish that and hear some very kind thoughts from members of the public and people that follow me online and my good buddy Mike and obviously running over and speaking with my girlfriend saying, how did I do? Did I uh, trip up over my own tongue sort of thing? But it's a very happy memory. That's great. And uh, speaking of questions, I see that uh, everybody has some questions for Luke. So we're going to save those until the end. Uh, We're going to do a little show and tell uh, to compare some geeky things. And then we're going to talk about Supergirl and then we're going to get to your questions. So hold on to those questions. And if you haven't asked a question, but you do have a question, make sure you write it in the comments. So we will get to those uh, in a little bit. So um, I guess... uh, so let's uh, let's wrap up our Superman talk uh, with okay. maybe some uh, things from your collection. You mentioned you you've collected some things. To, so do you have any uh, fun things you want to show people? I, I, I at one point in my life I wanted to own the record of like the most Superman items in my collection. That soon became a, a pipe dream because one I didn't have the room, two I didn't have the money. So I decided more collecting things that were unique and brought me joy. I want to see things on display. I, w- I would have, you know, if I did have the world's largest collection, the most saddening thing about it is that most of it would be in storage somewhere. And I want to look at my collection. So every now and again, I will have a sort out of my shelves or of my display cabinet or where I will move things around. But I like weird things. And one of those a bit of unique things is... um. We'll try and get the light off it. It's a Superman hairbrush, which is rather bizarre. But it's from Avon. I know it's from the um, sort of the mid to late 70s, 76. But um, I saw a picture of it in a book in the early 2000s, and I really wanted it. I don't know why. There was just this sort of weird moment where I was like, I need that in my collection. And I finally got it. It was was beaten up. It's been washed many times because it's a hairbrush. But it was just an odd little piece that I wanted and finally got. And it's one of those ones that often comes out when there's a show and tell moment because not everyone expects me to bring out a Superman hairbrush. That is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say, if I have my Monel history correctly, uh, in the comics, he was a hairbrush salesman. Uh, a hairbrush salesman. He's been some interesting careers over the year. He was a lion tamer. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's very fitting that there would be a Superman uh, hairbrush. Uh, just some things that I thought I would share with you. Um, uh, I have some uh, some of these. Uh, let's see if I can uh, show them to you. Let's see. Uh, get a full screen. Um, this is a uh, a Lois Lane figure. Oh, the the coloring is very strange. Oh, it's probably because of my green screen. Um, so I don't know if I should take that off, uh, but it's a green suit. You can't, you can't see it very well on the, uh, the live stream there. Uh, but it's a daily planet packaging, uh, which I think is really cool. I also have a, a Perry white. The, the packages are a little damaged. Uh, I got it from a, a friend who found them in a, a, a pawn shop. So, uh, so those are a lot of fun. And, uh, let's see. Also thought I would share this, which is uh, fairly unique. It's not as cool as your hairbrush, uh, but uh, this is. Uh, I used to work at Turner in Atlanta, Georgia, which is um, now I think called uh, Warner Media Group, and they do a lot of the uh, they uh, like Cartoon Network. If you've heard of Cartoon Network, uh, they used to sell. Uh, 
animation cells. Uh, we would have sales where we could go and pick up some things from the uh, the Warner Animation Group. Uh, so I picked up this uh, Lois Lane from Superman, the animated series. So uh, that's one of my favorite things from my collection. Very nice. So, uh, so maybe uh, one of these days uh, I'll be able to do something with it, I guess, other than uh, <laughs> hang it on my wall. <laughs> but, uh, but that's really cool. Well, um, I don't know if you uh, – oh, did you have something else? I did. <gasps> now, this was, obviously, each time the Superman celebration happens in, in Metropolis, you can, you can get special license plates. In England, we don't sort of – you get a, a license plate, a registration plate, and you only get one. You can get custom-made ones, but just with the lettering and numbers, but no pictures or shapes or colors, rather quite dull and bland. But in America, as you know, you can get special Superman license plates. And in Metropolis, they bring out one each year for the event. And I had one of these gifted to me on the first year I went, which uh, Brandon signed for me. But when I went back in uh, 2019, this one was signed by Erica and Helen. This was what I was this at the meet and greet. I chose them to uh, sign this one because not only does it represent my love for Metropolis, but also for the love for Helen as Supergirl and Eric uh, as uh, Lois Lane. That is so cool. And that's a that's a great way to commemorate your time with them and 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 moderating that panel. What a cool what a cool uh thing to encapsulate that memory of Superman celebration. That is very, very cool. I get sometimes good ideas at the very last minute. And I didn't know <laughs> what to get signed, and and that's what I chose for that. Um, many years ago, before again, before the Geek of Steel came around, I, I decided to go to the Batman v Superman premiere in London and stand outside and watch them walk the red carpet. I got up very early to get again. This is like adventures back with the Geek of Steel, and I left uh, my little hometown at about five o'clock in the morning and got a train to London because you got to the cinema where the premiere was going to be and you got a wristband. And that wristband meant you came back about eight hours later and you stood in a pen and you didn't move in, and you could get to watch the artists, the celebrities walk down the red carpet. And at the time I had one of these hats on. This is my duplicate hat now because I didn't have anything to sign, but then Ben Affleck walked past and he had a pen. I said, Mr. Affleck, you know, can you sign my hat? And he signed it. And then eventually more on the cast of Batman v Superman walked down the red carpet. And eventually Henry Cavill, who I believe is a, just a wonderful human being and representation of Superman, walked past. And I'm very thingers and thumbs, so sort of my camera trying to take selfies didn't work too well. So I just, in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm just going to ask him for an autograph. I'm going to enjoy the situation and live in that moment and it was instantaneous it lasted about five seconds but he took my hat he signed it and I believe I said as loudly as I could and as politely as I could thank you for everything that you've done for Superman fans and he gave me my hat back looked me in the eye said thank you and shook my hand now on the train home I thought I could share the picture of my autographed hat but nobody is going to believe that story of me having an interaction with Henry Cavill. But the event was being live streamed over YouTube. There were cameras everywhere. And the exact moment when Mr. Henry Cavill walked past me and shook my hand was the moment that the editor in his little editing booth decided to turn that particular camera onto me shaking Henry Cavill's hand. So 
that moment for me was very fortunate to be recorded. And I had proof that I shook Henry Cavill's hand. <laughs> that is amazing. Because uh, I don't know if you know about uh, this about me, but Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice is not only one of my favorite like DC films, it's one of my favorite films of all time. So I'm very envious of that adventure for you. But that is awesome. That is really, really cool. And I'm glad you had a good positive experience with all of them and, and with that event. Very cool. It was, it was, it was a very long day. Don't get me wrong. And it was well worth standing up all day long and sort of, I was on the train home. I I won't lie. I got emotional when I was sort of finally sat down after all day standing up. My legs were tired. I was emotionally drained. And then I got a few like messages from friends and followers saying, "Um, are you watching YouTube right now? No, I'm on a train going home. What do you mean? And then the screenshots came in and I was like, that's me. That's me shaking Henry's hand. So, yeah, it was a very emotional day, but one that I will never forget. I'm never going to be one of these. uh, I mean, I've met bloggers over the years that I've grown massive amounts of respect for. And some, not so much. Those people I choose not to have in my life as much because I don't want to associate myself with that side of blogging or the nasty word that is social influencer. I don't like that word at all. It's 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 a dirty word for me. But for me, being in that pen and being surrounded by like-minded Superman and Batman fans from all over the place, it's a moment that I adore. And it's why I always enjoy going back to Comic-Cons and going back to an event where geek culture is prominent. And I will never be you know too big for my boots as superman might say because if i did i've got a team of people around me including my girlfriend who would uh sit me down and give me a very harsh telling off. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need those kinds of people in your life I, i've exactly. got a few of those myself um well that is great well uh, i we've talked a lot about superman but since this is a supergirl podcast i wanted to ask you a couple questions about of the cousin of steel um so where did you first meet uh supergirl as a character well as a character it was it was a little bit in the comics, again, at that time, there are still hundreds of comics that I haven't read. But every now and again, Supergirl would, would come into Smallville. You know, obviously, there was a big few seasons where Supergirl was a huge part. And I'm, I'm still, I've not met Laura yet. She is on my list of people to talk to. We've shared a few sort of replies on Twitter over the years. But I would love to, to speak with her. But, you know, Supergirl is an important part of Superman's life. There have been uh, many stories over the years, different variations of how they met. Sometimes they've been enemies. Sometimes back in the early days, there were some weird stories about possible romance between the two of them, but they didn't stay on that topic for too long. But she's a link. She's a huge link to Superman's family, Superman's past. You know, I mean, many sort of times I've, I, I get lost in my own imagination, but to, Think that you are the last member of your planet, of your your heritage. And then out of the blue, a cousin turns up, you know, a direct link to your heritage, to your family, to your memories. So Supergirl is an, an essential part of Superman's history. And it's why I'm so glad that the TV show happens. It's, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, after all these years, She's still a big part of the uh, the DC Comics family tree. 
Yeah, the relationship between uh, Cal and Kara or Clark and mm. and Kara, if you if you've seen the iterations when she's uh, her name is pronounced Kara, like Smallville, uh, that I it's it's such an important relationship, and I'm glad that you know. From the Supergirl side, that you know, Kara or or Linda, as the case may be, has someone she can look up to, someone she can talk to, and I think for for Cal, for Clark, it's it's nice to have that uh, that family who can tell him about Krypton and and her, having her experience there. So, yeah, I think their their relationship is a, a great one, and I'm glad that's still being developed. Um, and speaking of which. Um, there is the, the the cousin dynamic on the Supergirl TV series. So uh, I guess I have two questions. Uh, one, uh, what do you think about Tyler Hecklin's Superman? And number two, what do you think about uh, the dynamic between the cousins on the show? Uh, we'll go to the cousins, first of all. I mean, it's it's never really been always cousin-like. I, I felt sometimes it's Superman, even though in some stories he, he was younger, technically. Um, he was a big brother. And he, I... I feel that's a part of his his life as Superman that he adored to be able to look after someone who is equally as strong as him, but he wants to be there as that big brother aspect. He wants to protect that link to his past. He wants to have his own family. I mean, obviously, Mar and Park and, and everybody in his life are essential to the person and the superhero that he is today. But to have somebody of the same bloodline is, you know, they, they say that blood can be thicker than water. And for that moment, it's it's wonderful that he has got that in his life. And I, I've enjoyed what I have seen of Tyler. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future. We've obviously got the, the Superman and Lois show coming out. Um, but a few years ago, when he was sort of just starting out on, on the Supergirl show. Now, I myself am a Superman fan, but I feel myself to be a Superman ambassador. If I am out on the street and more times than not, I will be in a Superman t-shirt or a Superman hat or a Superman backpack, <laughs> I have to represent my hero the best way I can. And, you know, there could be a child coming up to me in the street who also likes Superman. He looks up to that hero. So I have to be the best representation of myself in that moment. And there was a picture, you may have seen it a few, quite a few years ago, where it was a on-the-set photograph and Tyler was in costume and he raised his middle finger for yeah. a fun photograph. Now, it could have been, you know, photographs happen and sometimes photographs aren't intended to get shared online. But for me, I was a little bit disappointed that that situation happened because I don't want my Superman that I look up to do that. I know it's corny, uh, but it's something that wasn't a good moment for me as a Superman fan. So in that moment, I probably would have gone out and done five good deeds more than I would have done. <laughs> but I, uh, my, my good buddy, Mike, from On the Shelf, the series, he has talked to Tyler at a convention about that situation, and he has said that he regretted it which, you know, I've made mistakes in the past. One of the biggest things you can do is, is fess up to a mistake. So I'm happy that he did that. But I'm also happy that he is continuing to, to play Superman. You know, as long as my hero stories are being told in a new way, it means that my Superman, you know, is going on for another generation of fans to appreciate there have been so many different interpretations of Superman over the years, whether it be on the radio, in the comics, cartoons, movies, or television. 
as long as my hero is being portrayed on the screen, I'm going to have respect for the person that played my Superman, but also pretty high standards. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. When I when I saw that picture, I was like you, uh, disappointed. Um, but sometimes uh, I have to remember to extend grace to people that, you know, maybe that was a, a lesson learned. And I, yep. I think all the people who who wear those capes and wear those S's, um, they, they have to learn that that means something more than just a costume. And uh, so I, I think that's, you know, something that just kind of comes with the job and you have to learn how to do that. Um, uh, so, I guess I have two more questions for you about Supergirl. Uh, they're sort of related. Um, okay. One, uh, what do you think about Melissa Benoist as Supergirl? And number two, do you have a favorite Supergirl? But it doesn't have to be Melissa Benoist. Uh, but but uh, uh, so what do you think about Melissa as Supergirl? And do you have a favorite Supergirl? I mean, obviously, Melissa, you know, she's, she's a darling girl. She's, she's done so much for the character. I mean, obviously, she's evolved as a character in the television show. The show has changed a lot from the season one to where it is now they're, they're touching on lots of very sensitive subjects that need to be told on, on some platform online or on television. Um, sadly in the UK, we don't get TV shows that quick when it comes to American television. Sometimes we have to wait six months or longer for it to be aired on television. By that point, you know, in the world of the internet an hour, you can be out of the, out of sync so pretty much by the time we do get a chance to watch it on television here, we know all the spoilers, we know the cameos, we know how many crossover episodes there's going to be, and we don't get to witness that excitement of watching an episode live. So I've got a lot of episodes to watch of Supergirl, of The Flash, of pretty much everything that the CW puts out, because England doesn't get it as fast. But again, I think she's done a lot for the character, for that part of Superman's mythos. And, you know, it just goes to show that how important Superman is. You know, he was the first superhero. So many TV shows have come off from that. But what I love, and I always sometimes do bring this up in conversation, is the fact that we wouldn't have Arrow, we wouldn't have Supergirl, we wouldn't have The Flash if we didn't have Smallville. And I, as the saying goes, I will always hold on to Smallville. It's that special show that is... It's what brought Superman into my life and what has given me this life that I didn't know exist. So I'm very thankful for Smallville and I'm glad that these shows are continuing to be entertaining for many generations of new Superman fans as well. When it comes to a favorite Supergirl though, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, <laughs> I, I did love the Supergirl representation on Smallville. I've loved her in the comics. I've loved her in the films. It's one of those things where it's, it's, you know, I often get, oh, who's your favorite Superman? It's difficult because <laughs> I continually watch the classics. I watch the cartoons. I watch the TV shows one week. You know, it could be Christopher Reeve. The next week, it could be Brandon. Um, something that I've been doing online over the, uh, the past few months of COVID is every fortnight, I sit down with some friends online and we have a movie night. It started started off with Man of Steel. Then I was like, well, why don't we watch some more of the classics? So we are working our way through the original Superman movies. Um, we will get to Supergirl at some point and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. But this coming Saturday, um, we will all be sitting down to watch Superman 4. 
which is going to be <laughs> a little controversial. Thing. Yes. Yeah, it's got some good points. It's got I some agree. Points. But just like that, I mean, there's always a Supergirl that I adore, but I've got here, you may not be able to pick it up too well, but it is the Darwin Cook Supergirl. Um, Darwin Cook is one of my favorite artists. Uh, sadly, he did pass away a few years ago. And whenever I see his artwork, whether it be Supergirl, whether it be Superman or Batman, it always makes me smile. So that this one particular particular figurine, she is always in eyesight. She will never go into storage at all. But I'm always happy to see different interpretations of Supergirl, whether it be in the comics or TV. I do have this one interpretation that was brought out a few years ago, and they brought out the uh, the movie variants, and it was Supergirl as Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. It was uh, one of the variants that I, I had to have in my collection, not just because of the cyborg Superman, but because, you know, it's Supergirl in The Wizard of Oz. It was a great crossover episode. What would she be like if she got to meet, you know, the Wicked Witch and all that, all those wonderful characters? So like Superman, I'm always happy to have his story told. And you literally, you can't have Superman without Lois Lane, without Clark Kent or without Supergirl. I have never seen that variant image of the the Wizard of Oz, and I desperately need to get my hands on that uh, because on the Supergirl TV series, uh, Cara Danvers' favorite film is The Wizard of Oz. So that is really, really cool. It's still on eBay. It came out in 2015. They brought out so many different variants. There was a really cool um, one with Purple Rain with Batgirl. They brought out a few Superman ones. And there's one, um, I think it was homage in Casablanca. So oh. Superman and Wonder Woman, sort of very impassionate kiss on the front cover. And there was a few um, sort of 70s issues as well. Sort of, I think it it was for Superfly. So it was a picture of sort of um, a very suave looking Superman. <laughs> but yes, I will... Um, I will I've seen it online recently, so if you can't find it, I will send you a link to a seller. I will have to hunt that down. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. That That's is what, new to me. To That's well, what I like to do. That's cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, um, as we wrap up, let's uh, take some questions from the chat. So uh, Joshua asks you, uh, what other Cape characters from the DCU do you like outside of the Superman family? Oh, look at that. Um, I love superheroes. I love antiheroes. I love villains. Um, but outside of the Superman family and sort of going across the whole board, um, I'm a big fan of Watchmen. Um, I'm a big fan of Kick-Ass. Um, anything where I can get lost in a story with either somebody that's got superpowers or somebody that really, really wants superpowers but isn't very good at being a hero, I love those types of films. So if I can get my teeth stuck into a story about anybody that has a link to a superhero because, again... I get biased because he's he's my boy, but any film that comes out about someone that's got superpowers, super strength, or, you know, they're saving the world. I think, well, Superman opened that door for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is true. He was the first. Yeah. All right. And we also have a question uh, since you've spoken so eloquently about uh, Smallville. uh, What did you think when Christopher Reeve showed up in Smallville? Some of my favorite moments and memories in my life and ones that I can remember literally the air being taken from my lungs. So this was early 2000s. Yes, I did have access to the internet back then, but I stayed away. I stayed away from the blogs, the forums. I didn't want to know anything about it. I subscribed to the Smallville magazine, which came with a poster every single month 
and I've still got them. Most of them are sealed in my room, my spare Superman room, because I didn't want to find out any spoilers. That's how anti-spoiler I am. So I can remember the episode when Clark went and met him, and it was emotional. I was I was an absolute wreck because he was eloquent he was charming he was still christopher reeve as the actor in the backgrounds of the the regular smallville score you could hear hints of john williams superman theme tune and i was a bubbling wreck absolute mess and i go back to those episodes quite often because in those few scenes that christopher was a fantastic guest star and they've had many stars over the years, but Christopher was my favorite just for the impact that he had on the show. There are, there's a few outtakes with him and Tom when they, cause they did a sort of a little charity promotion at the end of the episode for the, for the Christopher Reeve foundation. And to, for that show to obviously reach out and get Christopher Reeve on it was a huge moment. And it's one that, it has a very special place in my heart. And no matter how many episodes of that show went out, um, it's still hard hitting to this day. There's quite a few episodes on the show that do leave me in a, in a, in a mess on the floor. Um, but that one hits me hard. Yeah, those are a couple of great episodes, because uh, if I remember correctly, uh, his character, Christopher Reeve's character, taught Clark a little bit of his Kryptonian heritage, a little bit of uh, Krypton. So it was a neat connection that they used with his character. I'm still trying to uh, to master the Kryptonian language. There's, there's been quite a few different interpretations over the years, but in this particular graphic novel that is uh, Superman, Batman, and Supergirl, um, most of the dialogue throughout the comic is in Kryptonian. Uh, so there's no translation. But yeah. in the back of the book that I have uh, many years have become very, very dogged, they put a wonderful sort of little code breaker of the Kryptonian language. So I pretty much went through the book at the end and sort of not only made my own codes, but also <laughs> went back and uh, translated the book for all the parts that Kara said. So somewhere in my many piles of notebooks is all the dialogue that Supergirl said to Superman. Luke, you are literally speaking my language because <laughs> I am very obsessed with Kryptonese. Uh, I can actually send you, um, in a couple of stories, I had to figure out Bridwell Kryptonese. I believe that was in the Adventures of Supergirl run by Sterling Gates. So I had to make my own Bridwell Kryptonese key. So I will send you that if you're interested. Uh, I, but I, love, I love symbolism. I love anything to do with code breaking. So movies like National Treasure and The Da Vinci Code, I love all that stuff. So yes, Kryptonian, that element of the Superman heritage. And there's been a few different interpretations over the years. Um, I know Smallville had some different symbols and they, they changed the S a little bit, but Kryptonian, I'm not very multilingual. I've been learning Spanish <laughs> for about three and a half years now, but Kryptonian will always be my uh, second language of choice. Yeah, I, en I enjoy decoding it as well. Uh, if you have a few more minutes, we have a couple more questions. No, no, that's uh, fine. This is a fantastic time. Yeah, so Keith uh, asks, uh, so what is your favorite Supergirl story and favorite crossover story with her? So do you have, um, whether it be comics or in the movies or the TV shows, do you have a favorite uh, story that Supergirl has gone through? As a kid, when I when I did watch the Supergirl movie, I there, there were aspects of me that were like, maybe there's a, a different version out there somewhere that has got Christopher Reeve in it, because that would just be amazing to to see those two on character. There's been a few sort of uh, really cleverly made photoshops over the years of Christopher Reeve and Helen, sort of 
either fighting battles or just sitting on clouds looking over Metropolis. I think in, a, in an ideal world, if that could happen, that would have made me very happy. But there's been there's always something new when it, when it comes to comics. Again, with this one, this, this Batman v Superman, they, they brought out a couple of versions of this book. And there's it's the moments, not necessarily when they're fighting or they're saving the world together. It's when they're at their weakest. They can be completely open with each other. They know each other's past. They know each other's limitations and powers, but they communicate heart to heart. In those moments when they're just two cousins chewing the fat and discussing life's problems, whether they be large or small, those are my favorite moments between Superman and Supergirl. Yeah, I think, uh, remind me if uh, Helen told the story during your panel at Superman Celebration, uh, where she told the story of uh, the time she was with Christopher Reeve, and they saw, uh, I guess, some fire trucks or police cars or something drive by, and and Christopher Reeve said something to her about, you know, here they were, Superman and Supergirl, and they couldn't do anything to help. um, I'll send you a link. Uh, There was a wonderful guy who I got to to talk at the Metropolis Celebration, and um, he was very kind enough to film the whole event and um, I will send a link to you it's on my YouTube page and um, it was a fantastic moment when she was talking about when she trained for Supergirl when she was acting with Peter O'Toole and that moment where she met Christopher Reeve and said yep you know Superman and Supergirl and there's nothing we can do I was like oh that's a fantastic (laughs) anecdote that's the best yeah, I think they would have uh, been great together in a, a movie, and I'm I'm sorry that never worked out. They, mm-hmm. I think they tried to get Superman in Supergirl the movie. The the best they could do, uh, there's a there's a poster of him in the film, that's and that's his that's his clothes. He's he's off world in Supergirl the movie, so they they couldn't get him for the film. But I think they would have made a, a great duo together oh, if they so if much they, charm, yeah. so much charm. Uh, let's see. We have one more. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if we have a couple more questions. Uh, do you feel that the new Superman show with Superman and Lois will take any spotlight from Supergirl or do you think it will help it? Um, I think they're doing their own thing. You can't have these shows like Flash and Arrow where you don't reference a big story that's happened somewhere else because that's what happens in real life. If you've got a friend that lives two roads away from you and they've done something really exciting, you're going to talk about it or you're going to reference it. But I think with the Superman and Lois show, they're trying to do their own thing. But in the past, it's been proven that crossover episodes, again, they're very popular. People, normally it's the first question that gets asked at a panel is, when's the next crossover? Who's going to be a special guest? Who's going to be saying what to who? Who's kissing who? Who's fighting who? So I'm sure that if the show is successful, I'm sure it will be, that they're going to reference each other. But I'm still... You know, I think we're going to get some information at DC Fandom. I did ask a few questions for the um, Superman panel about it. If they get answered, I'm not too sure. But I think when that episode happens, on that sorry, that online Comic Con happens on the 22nd, we're going to learn a lot more about the show and possibly a trailer. Who knows? But I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, with your positivity uh, that it will uh, be different enough that it won't take away from Supergirl. I think that's the the, the fear among Supergirl fans, including myself, that uh, yeah. having a Superman show on the same time will take some of that attention off Supergirl. But uh, I'm I'm uh, going into it, uh, hopefully with a positive mindset that they will be yeah. telling different stories just like they do in the comics. Exactly. 
Yeah. So uh, let's take two more questions and then we'll have to wrap it up because I know we've taken up way too much of your time. Oh, this is, I'm having a fantastic time. I could do this for like five more hours. I know we, we could talk, we could talk about these things for all, for all, you know, the whole day. Probably. That's, that's the thing with this DC fandom event that is happening. It's 24 hours long. I've asked video questions and questions for every single panel that's happening. So I've taken a day off work. I've cleared my weekend diary and I'm going to be streaming <laughs> pretty much the whole event. I'm going to be, I've got a YouTube sorted out. I've got my Zoom party chat. It's going to be a very interesting weekend because there's a lot of Superman panels happening. That's so I'm very excited about that. That's great. Uh, so definitely check out the Geek of Steel for any any uh, fandom stuff. Uh, we'll we'll probably do a recap of DC fandom, uh, but uh, in in terms of uh, live streaming, we might not. I haven't decided fully yet. Uh, Morgan, and I were talking about it the other day, but I think we'll probably just do a recap for Supergirl Radio. But not a commitment. <laughs> yeah. So so if you want to hang out uh, for the full twenty four hours, uh, check out what Luke is doing for DC fandom. All I right. Might so. Be I might just pass out. I don't have enough caffeine. You'd just be just in the corner. Just hang, hang out with the geek of steel. Make sure he's uh, he's okay because uh, yes. it, it might <laughs> take a toll. Good. All right. So the Time Lord Kryptonian asks uh, about Superman capes. Do you have a preference on uh, maybe the costume? I love. I think I've got a Superman here to show you. I've got a few lying about, including a Supergirl. That's just there because she's. I'm never too far away from a Funko Pop. I. I love them all because they've all got something different, whether it be the Superman Returns cape being a lot more rigid. I love seeing the logo on the back of some capes. Um, a few years ago, one of my first blogging jobs, per se, was to help promote the uh, DC Comics exhibition in London, where they had thousands of original artwork and costumes and movie props. And that was a dream come true for me because they had costumes that were worn on the screen, costumes that Christopher Reeve had worn, Brandon, Henry Cavill. So they were very well protected in very thick glass, but you could literally get inches away from these costumes. Now, London's quite a way away from me, but I went to this event over 12 times just to be in the same room as these costumes and gaze upon their epicness and beauty. But each cape was different the closer you looked at it. You could literally see the thread coming out of some. You could see how Christopher Reeve's cape flowed and how it did flow in the films without any CGI. The The Henry Cavill suit from Batman v Superman was much thicker, almost like a very antique curtain, like a sort of almost like regal globes. But the closer you look at those costumes and sort of the closer you look at Superman, the more you get to know about the character and the history of the suits and the people that played them. But I am a big fan of seeing that yellow logo on the back of the cape as Superman either flies off over cityscapes or does that classic flight across the earth and does a little smile to the camera and waves off. I like seeing the S on the back of the cape. Yeah, it's it's good branding. He's got it on the front and the back. Yeah. That's how you brand, baby. You yeah. got have that logo always visible. <laughs> I personally uh, like the uh, the the Cavill costume because it doesn't. I'm a little I'm a little different. I kind of like the the just the the, the regalness of just the the plain red uh, cape. But I also try to honor the history of some of those different uh, costumes and how how 
designers and comic book artists have played with the the design and, and done different things. So I appreciate when they try to you know, explore different options. And, and Supergirl, of course, has had many different variations yes. on her costume as well. Uh, even as recently as <laughs> season five of Supergirl with the with the pants. Has um, she got pockets? That's what I want to know. Are there pockets? Uh, well, in the comics, she has a uh, comet uh, uh, pocket in her costume that compresses her. Uh, yeah, her, yeah, her, her, her regular clothes. Yeah, so, yes. Yes. Uh, so I think Superman has something similar, uh, which I wish they would explore more on, on the fun. TV shows and in the movies. Yeah. To be able to get a three piece suit and just fold it down into a nice compact <laughs> and then put it back on, and there's no creases, no it's wrinkles. It's That's Kryptonian tech, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. We can't manage that over here just yet. Yeah. So, some, somehow it irons it out uh, <laughs> while while it's compressed. But yeah, well, the, I, pockets, the, the iron's in the other pocket. He's oh. Got like a, foldable ironing board that is just all perfect that, or probably just heat vision you could just steam it as he goes back actually that yeah. makes a ton of sense uh yeah. irons <laughs> just use steam so that makes yeah. total sense okay so uh one more question which is probably going to be difficult okay great i'm ready which superman movie do you like more do you have a favorite <laughs> so i take a moment to pause and gather my thoughts for me they Growing up, as I said, Superman has always been there, whether it's been in the TV, Saturday afternoons, you're flicking through the channels trying to find something to watch, putting on, you know, I, I'm mature enough to remember when I used to have VHS tapes of the Superman collection with my regular other movies, whether it be Ghostbusters or, you know, batteries not included, but Superman is always there. And the Superman 1978 version, with, with all its corniness, I mean, I like Superman to be corny. I like him spending, taking half his paycheck and sending it home to his silver-haired mother every week. That's the Superman that I grew up with. And at the time, 1978, at a time when many, many dark films were being released, whether they be, you know, crime or, you know, horror films, the Superman 78 movie came out and just brought a glimmer of hope to a cinematic universe that nobody had ever seen before. And that tagline of, you'll believe a man can fly, it sticks to this very day because we were watching it online recently and the flying scenes with, even though we know there's strings attached to the suit, but he flies from such a distance with such, such grace and charm that I can always watch that Superman 1978 film of him flying up to catch Lois and their helicopter, defying all the laws of physics. I don't care. There are so many. You could study that film and find all the faults in every single scene. But I will always smile from start to finish with the Superman 1978 movie. It's a solid choice uh, with the classics. Uh, so uh, that that that'll uh, that's a good answer. Solid answer. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our chat with the Geek of Steel, Luke Bug. So uh, thank you so much, Luke, for uh, spending so much time uh, with me today and for answering my questions and the listener and the viewers. I mean, we're we're live streaming this. It'll go out on an audio form in the podcast. But if you're watching uh, on YouTube or Facebook, you are a viewer. So thank you for uh, spending so much time with us today and. Uh, talking about uh, Superman and Supergirl and for everything that you do for the Superman uh, mythos and for the Superman uh, family
family fandom. Uh, so I wanted to take that opportunity to thank you for that, um, just as you've thanked other people, uh, because a, a lot of what you do is to, to keep up positivity about the character and about the universe. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. And, and hearing words like that always just make me want to do more and plan more projects and, and continue sharing my love for Superman and positivity online. So as, as long as you said, as long as somebody wants to listen, I will not stop talking. <laughs> well, I think I think you should uh, continue to do what you do. Uh, speaking of which, uh, how can our listeners and viewers uh, keep up with you? What's the best way to keep up with you online? Well, Instagram is is where I, I normally post every day. Um, every August, I do a geeky August, which is always fun thing to make online positivity. Just a fun little game. So I do a photography challenge every August where I give people a word each day. It could be a clue or a color or a thing to take photographs. But I post most of my content there. I post links to my Instagram, my Facebook, the YouTube. So Instagram is at the Geek of Steel. Twitter is at the Geek of Steel. And Twitter is where most of the giveaways happening. I've got quite a few giveaways planned for the next few weeks. And yeah, I've got the YouTube and the geekofsteel.com. Yeah, definitely go uh, follow uh, Luke on all the social media platforms. It's a it's a it's a good time, and uh, I've been enjoying uh, participating in, in geeky hashtag geeky August twenty twenty. It's a uh, it's yes. it's been fun to revisit some of these stories uh, just because I you know I wanted to pick something different from variations on Supergirl, and so it's been a lot of fun to dig back into all those uh, different takes. So uh, I really appreciate that you do that and uh, offer that up to people. So if you're watching or listening to this, uh, you, it's not too late. You can still participate you so still, it's fine it's, it's very laid back there's no sort of if you if you forget to post one day then you can't continue playing it's just very laid back very fun no pressure i'm all about having an easy life and i would never want to make somebody work hard <laughs> yeah so definitely uh if you want to uh play along uh use the hashtag uh hashtag geeky august 2020 and uh play along it'll be a lot of fun all right. Well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. So if you if you have any questions or anything uh, you want to talk to us about, you can do it there. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist includes music featured on and inspired by the show we are a literal supergirl radio there so definitely check that out uh we're also on radio public and Podchaser. where uh supergirl radio is also listed on dc's fan page which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans and we are available on apple podcast and stitcher radio so if you have some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there and thank you to belinda for the review on apple podcast we really appreciate that and if you're like rebecca that's so much information i can't keep up with every Everything you just said, uh, you can just go to supergirlradio.com and you can find all the links on the right side of the page. Uh, Supergirl Radio is also part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you're interested in The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Stargirl, or the upcoming Superman and Lois series that we mentioned, uh, make sure to follow DC TV podcast on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed, because if you subscribe to the mega feed, you can get all those podcasts in one place. Uh, so it makes it very, very convenient. Uh, we also have a DC TV podcast T public store. So if you're in, in, in the mood for some new merch, if you need some new t-shirts or mugs or stickers, you can go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T public store at the top of the page. Uh, for me personally, if you want to keep up with me, I'm at the dirt 
Kirby Kid on Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, that's where you can find the uh, Superman celebration video that uh, Luke mentioned earlier. I'm working on a couple of new things. I want to b- do a video about the Snyder Cut uh, and why you should be excited about that for uh, Justice League. So yeah. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working on a few new things. Uh, yeah. So so if you're interested in that, you can follow me over there. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I hope that you have a geeky day. Yeah.